Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the, the game, game of roses. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the game, game of, of roses. roses. Natalie Joy returns oh, to the yeah. Vile Files. She's back. Uh, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. Yeah. Did y'all hear? Yeah. Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my God, Kiki? did you hear? Because it hear? was like, I love her. It was pretty much the first time <laughs> we tried. Welcome to Game of Roses, the space case. 
This is Bachelor Clues, and you heard that opening clip. You know we got some big news to discuss this <laughs> week, uh, amongst other things. But yes, Vial has sired. Some virulent news. <laughs> That's right. On his first try. What? I can't believe it. Um, thank you, Nick Vial, for telling us that important information yeah. on your episode of Vial Files <laughs> from this week. But what uh, a week we've had in the nation. I am I can't even my keep head up. is spinning. My head is spinning. Yeah. So much is fucking happening. We got Golden Bachelor shooting. We got the Joy Owl Child. We got, of course, the news about Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tardick. All that's gonna be covered in Bachelor Nation news. Um, so much going on. And we had uh fantasy suites, which is we're gonna get to the ratings of fantasy and, suites. Holy shit. I mean, we're just doing the news before, but another big uh engagement in the nation. That too. I won't say who yeah. it is until we get to the actual news. That's right. We'll be covering all that. And uh, of course, we have available right now at gameofroses.co all of the parasocial team merch um, from the first five teams San Diego Crew, LA Icons, New York City Influence, Chicago Clout, and those Nashville Sliders. You can pick up shirts and hats of all those. And very soon, we're going to be having the rest of them. We're talking about, of course, the Canadian North, the Denver High. We're talking about that sweet, sweet Dallas source. We're talking about the Vegas scene. And we're talking about that maybe it. I might have done it all. I think that's it. We're working on a Florida team, too. but The North logo is looking pristine yeah they're all great all these designed by ella Tolkien. she's done a bunch of stuff for us including the original 4trr mm. shirt which may or may not be available i'm not sure check that out at gameofroses.co as well if you haven't picked <laughs> it up i don't know i don't know if we're if that's available right now Just or type not. it into your ai tell them to yeah. get you to where you gotta go um but now we have a very special beginning to this show we have a special guest joining us for state of the game here it is. Game of Roses. State of the game. Joining us today for a very special state of the game is none other than Kate Casey, friend of the show, reality TV expert. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Wait, if you didn't add in the part that you and I may have been separated at birth. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Like, Clues long lost twin. That's all I get. I forgot. I forgot about the, the part the about that we're separated at birth. My apologies. I, I'll <laughs> rectify that situation. Now we were separated at birth. Everyone, you must know that. Well, I just feel like we're dorks. Yeah. Like every, like our references. I'm like, oh, you remember that? You're like, oh, you remember that? We're like um, rain man. We're both like yeah. rain people. Chad, you should get that hair. You should do the same hair. I I hate to inform you, I am no longer capable of growing hair to that length or volume. That's what happens uh, as you age. Get the AI to grow it. Oh, yeah. AI. Oh, I see. I'll start making AI memes. No, we, we certainly have a lot of uh, similar yeah. pop culture references and maybe photographic memories for everything Correct. we've ever seen or heard. That said, let's talk about mm. some things we have seen and heard uh, very recently. We want to discuss the state of the game with you currently where it stands. And I want to start with something that is not charity loss in the season. I want to start with something that happened a little before it or maybe concurrently with it. What is your take on the shakeup at Bachelor Happy Hour and the death of clickbait? Well, I have a little personal feelings tied to this because I, okay, mm -hmm. so when I, I, I'm back on the same network that I originally started at, started at but years ago, I remember them kind of making me feel like we're a network that's like very cerebral and like you're very pop culture. -y. And okay. then they had this like bachelor half hour podcast. And I was like, wait, what? 
I was totally confused by that. Uh-huh. And um, so when I hear that podcast, it's like part of me wants to die inside because I have like <laughs> residual feelings of like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, I think what was frustrating for me and probably for you was that they were so in control of everything having to do with that show that they almost like created that podcast so they could filter all the guests into that show and also keep control over what former leads could say and do Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. creating that show. So now I have like complete empathy for them because I feel like that was like the ulterior plan by maybe Mike Fleiss. Um, Okay. So I think that if it, by not having it, um, maybe it gives them the opportunity to tell their stories in the ways that they want. But I don't know what the, their contractual obligations are. Like, how long do you know how long that lasts before they can say? What do you mean they? Like any of the leads or the cast members, like how long before they can like say what they really think? Generally speaking, it's two years. But even then, they are sworn to secrecy for lifetimes in terms of producing practices, any of the behind the scenes stuff. So they can get sued at any time for revealing that. And they can also make extensions after the two years. Which the, um, the players have no say in. The producers can literally say, no, we're going to extend your your contract. And they pay you an, like $5,000 basically to control everything you can do in media for the next X amount of years. So if the, the show goes away, mm-hmm. who cares? Because it's not really accurately allowing anybody to tell the, the real story of what happened to them. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of good that it went away then. You're talking about clickbait. Um, bachelor happy hour. Oh no. Happy hour still back. around. Yeah. Oh, but it was like off the radar for a little bit. Like, yes. because I remember the network telling me, Oh, they haven't recorded for a while. Uh, I, I just feel like uh, what's the point if people can't really tell their accurate stories? What's the point? The point is to control the narrative. I mean, we have long talked about on, on our podcast, this thing called the sauce wars, which is, uh, there are these company podcasts that are produced and maintained specifically and only to uphold whatever the narrative of the, the producers is, yeah. whether it be in the show or not. And then there are other podcasts where we, we talk about the truth. But the there was a big dust up when they got rid of Becca Kufrin as the host. Mm, I remember. Uh, yeah. And they replaced her with Grocery Store Joe and Serena. But I was just curious what your take on that is as it relates to the nation as a whole. Again, like what's the point of any of these shows that they can't tell what they think? I, of course would they would say can't we just let a woman keep the job like what the hell i i agree i mean i don't think becca kufrin's happy about it thomas jacobs is not happy about it they treated her very poorly i like him even more because he stuck up for her totally big body you know We, we call him big body because aaron clancy called him big body trash can on bachelor in paradise season i believe it was seven maybe eight. Uh, Can you imagine if you're like, remember when she was on her season, she was like this feminist and she would campaigning and mm -hmm. what that must be like Uh for her now to feel like, or, or at any point where she felt like she was controlled and couldn't say what she really felt. I think even now that's the case. Yeah. Like signing a deal with the devil. There's a break point. I think for a lot of these players, once they get pushed out of the franchise or they, they come to some conclusion on their own, like I'm not going to be in the show anymore. Fuck this where they have to just accept the loss. They have to accept that I can never publicly talk about this. I'm going to swell that down deep and I'm going to move on with my fucking life. And I think she is in that point right now. She's pregnant. Uh, They have a whole life to lead ahead of them. And I think she's putting it in the rear view, despite the fact that she knows where so many bodies are buried. She knows where they are buried. She did so much for so many years. Once that baby comes out, we got to take her to a bar and get her a couple (laughs) drinks and she's going to tell it all. But... 
I mean, it's interesting because like housewives, I mean, they kind of, they won't really talk mm. until they leave the show. But once they leave the show, they can kind of say whatever they want. Right. So it's just interesting the differences um, between yeah. all the reality shows. Totally. I was talking to a, a reporter and they were asking me what I thought about the um, the Bethany Frankel um, mm-hmm. movement. And I and I said, what I think the first article you really need to start with is I think that we would all love to hear the differences in the contracts for all these different reality shows because right. they all seem different. But I mean, some of it's not contractual, like in terms of, for example, like I coached uh, this woman, Taylor Hale, who won Big Brother oh, I remember. a couple yeah. seasons ago. She came on our show like the week that her championship episode was airing because CBS is like, yes, go on every podcast you can promote, promote, promote. Whereas Bachelor's like, no, fuck you. Or at least they used to be. Those things may be changing. I don't know. But that Bethany Frankel thing is very interesting. Uh, We're going to report in news a little bit later in this podcast about it. But basically, Bethany Frankel and her her lawyers have engaged the Screen Actors Guild to begin discussions about how to either put together a new union for reality performers or maybe even fold reality performers into SAG. I think this is all happening. This is something we've talked about on this podcast for years at this point that there needs to be a reality performers union. And I think it's happening Mm -hmm. now. I think we're going to see it uh, possibly on the strength of these, these current creative strikes, the writers guild and the screen actors guild that are happening right now. I think there is just a, a very strong anti uh, network, anti studio sentiment in across all of Hollywood right now. And I think Mm -hmm. it's going to hopefully have enough juice behind it to get this thing done. And then I don't know what reality TV looks like anymore. When you have to start giving performers fair contracts and shit. The thing that I don't, I kind of still need to understand the terms. Does this include for unscripted all the crew members, the writers, all of that? Because at this point, it seems like it's only talent. And can it be effective? It's only for talent. I mean, below the line, they're represented by different guilds. It mm-hmm. for scripted stuff anyway. I was in IATSE, yeah. the script coordinator and writer's assistant portion of that guild, but they cover a lot of the production. Yeah, it would just be for performers, I think. But the producers are not covered by the Writers Guild. You can be a guild, a Writers Guild member producing, in quotes, a reality show, which means you're writing scripts in some cases and all that shit, and it's just not covered. I think all of the creative guilds for the past 20-whatever years have kind of blindly ignored reality television, feeling mm-hmm. that it was in some way a denigration of the you know, the high art that they do, but now there's right. fucking dollar signs, and now you've got Bethany Frankel behind it saying, we need to fucking mm-hmm. get this in place. Look at all the money being left on the table, and SAG is like, oh, <laughs> we could be getting yeah. percentages of that. And the UCAN mm-hmm. Foundation yeah. with the Love is Blind players, I feel like also, all of these scripted performers and writers striking, it's like cultural this is a cultural moment. moment, which I feel like is mm-hmm. allowing this to become a bigger thing. I think it's great. I think they absolutely should be covered by SAG. They're doing scripted mm-hmm. lines often anyways. I wanted to tell you that I really enjoyed your interview with the Love is Blind um, Nick and the uh, Jeremy. Yeah. I really oh, enjoyed thanks. that interview. Oh, thank you. It was you. really well done. Yeah, they, they are great, and they're part of this movement, too. I mean, anyone who comes out and has the courage to stand against, potentially, a, a massive financial penalty to talk about whatever nasty shit the producers of their specific game did to them, like, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of guts to do that. And, and it requires enough people doing it 
at a high level to generate that momentum to get this uh what will ultimately be a, a union formed i think but like i said i yeah, think we're essentially in that now i think it's happening yeah um now what all that, that said there was a clip of them going viral on tiktok i just saw so it's all Ooh. coming to a head yeah wow i love it um but all that said i am curious about what you think about this season we've come out of potentially the era of darkness with Fleiss, Dark Lord Emperor Fleiss <laughs> mm-hmm. at the helm. He was ousted after Bachelor Season 27, Zach Shawcross. And this is the first season, at least in presentation, maybe not in production, but at least in presentation, that is happening after Fleiss. And I know a lot of mm-hmm. his producers, like his loyalists, were also taken out of the system. And we feel like this this season is remarkably better than any prior yeah. season has been in, in recent history. How are you feeling about Charity Lawson's season 20 so far? Well, it feels like it's a normal person making normal decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of different. Stylistically, <laughs> it looks so beautifully done. Like the Fiji episode, mm-hmm. I was like, mm, this was like, I want to go on to Fiji. Like if that was your, yes. your goal, like sign me up. Um, I, I feel like even the the dates that they had, they're just more respectful. Yep. Like the one that she had with Xavier where it's like, well, this is what a Fijian wedding would be like. And it's like respectful of the Fijian culture and the way their conversations as con- contestants, if you will, to one another, like that just seems different too. Like the conversation about the flowers, it was like far more thoughtful mm-hmm. and kind of sweet than they would have ever done in years past. The only issue that I have is like, how could that stand up against the Temptation Islands, the Love Islands, the Perfect Match, all these other shows, which consistently have more of an edge. Like people are basically having sex on camera. Like, can Mm. you be that saccharine still in the current ecosystem? I think yes. To me, The Bachelor is like the Cadillac of all this shit. Nothing. Yeah. It's like the prestige version. You can have your fuckboy islands, your love islands, and people are having sex and being crazy and whatever. But that, in some ways, like takes it down a notch. It's it's and also the the game components. I don't think there is another dating format game that the structure of the game is as strong as this dating by attrition. I mean, this is a tried and true, uh, you know, almost like bracket style winnowing down to the final champion that you see in March Madness. You've seen it on American Idol. So many competition Mm -hmm. shows, Survivor, have this uh, format because it works so well. And The Bachelor is the only one that still has that format. All these other shows, by and large, are like group dating formats. So it's not quite as dramatically interesting, I feel like. Um, But yeah. It has legacy and it has like a claim to more for the right reasons, I think, than those shows that at least on the surface feel more. But does anybody really believe they're there for the right reasons? And also, is it realistic that people can still be as engaged in a show that airs once a week when everybody else can just binge things? I think the audience's temperament has changed. Like, mm. you know, we live in like a TikTok age where people just want to watch a short clip. Do they Mm -hmm. have the patience to wait every week and watch a two-hour show, which is extremely repetitive? Mm -hmm. I mean, you may be talking to the wrong people, but I would answer yes. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I do have that attention span. I do have that desire. But I also think that, like, that is one of its strengths: is that it's like appointment viewing is more like a sport than the other the other uh, games are. Like, Mm -hmm. well, that is true. That stays in the conversation longer than the ones that you can Mm -hmm. just binge at once. A whole season of Love is Blind is over in a month. 
and then you're on to the next. You better have another kinetic show to back that up. There better be an ultimatum coming out or whatever. Mm -hmm. The ability to binge stuff, I think, makes it less culturally relevant because we all consume it and then digest it and talk about it in the span of weeks. Whereas Bachelor demands, I guess this is a, a truncated season. We're getting two episodes less than we normally get. But nonetheless, uh, it's over the course of it's 10 better. weeks. It's better to not have as many episodes. I think I, they like I extended know. it too long. I like I like it. This one is like it. It feels like it's moving quicker. Yeah, and it is. I mean, it literally is moving two episodes quicker. But you wouldn't have liked to have seen one or two more episodes of Braden. Well, I, maybe, <laughs> but I, I again like she feels like a normal person. Totally. I think that's part of why the season is produced so well, is that we're seeing what feels more like her real character. A yeah. lovable, like... Would you have ever thought that they would get a marriage and family therapist as the lead? Like, would they make that... Years it's ago, smart. they would have they would have never done that because they'd be like, well, they're going to be too introspective. Mm -hmm. We Maybe we can't mold them as easily. Wouldn't you, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, and I, I think she's able to navigate some of those conversations mm -hmm. in a much, like, healthier way than other leads might... I, Which just I'm shows really you what their it. ulterior motive was. They're like, let's purposely yeah. get the kid, the person from the Midwest who's a Christian who, like, it, lives a very rules like has it, never it, seen the show. Is like lives in this little <laughs> box. But if if you have is somebody who's like one years old, <laughs> like had some world like experiences, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, but I also I, think she's I think they should bring therapists into the show. I and I think like that element can help people who are watching the show and can like get something out of it that can like help other people have healthier conversations around these huge topics. What do you think is the personally? median age for the audience for The Bachelor or Bachelorette? 32, 33. And what's it for Bachelor in Paradise? I would guess probably roughly the same. I think it's roughly the same audience, the same people even, you know, like watching yeah. the show. I don't think it changes mm -hmm. that much. I'm curious to see what happens with this Golden Bachelor. Obviously, I want to talk to you about that. That mm -hmm. is now shooting, and this is going to be the next uh, iteration, the next jewel in the crown of the Bachelor franchise. Do you have a player? Uh, I cannot comment. Yeah, his name rhymes with Larry. <laughs> yeah, I, it like annoys me so much that it's spelled like Jerry, but it's pronounced Gary. <laughs> it bugs yeah. the shit out of me. It probably was Jerry, but somewhere in his life he was like, "Fuck it, I'm changing the pronunciation." Maybe exotic. Do you think they gave him a spray tan? Possibly, yes. I think possibly. Like, yeah, I don't think that's his real golden tan. Do you think they gave him white strips or veneers? Crest white strips. I think you get all the crust white strips you can eat when you sign up for The Bachelor. Maybe. Has he <laughs> sought the help of a trainer in the last four months? Absolutely. Yes. That Is definitely. he on a, a keto diet? Something, for sure. What about, uh, do you think they gave him like a total um, home makeover? Like new landscaping, new furniture, whole bit? I don't, I mean, possibly. Here's the thing. They don't spend money on The Bachelor. Like, they don't spend money on the show. If they can't get something yeah. for free, it's not happening. That right, said, right, right. this is their first attempt at this mm -hmm. new thing that could become a franchise unto itself. So maybe they are putting a little more cash into this one. Maybe they are, you know, sprucing up the home. I'm not sure. I, I am curious about, though, it's going to air at 10 p.m. I believe it's going to wow. air immediately after Paradise at least for some part of Paradise's run. That's what it seems it, like to me. Do you think that's a good idea? Absolutely not. 
I think it's a terrible I think idea. It's a terrible idea. Terrible idea. But I don't know why they're scheduling it for 10 p.m. if that's not going to be the case. Like, why not? 70 year olds don't watch television at 10 p.m. Nobody does. And certainly nobody <laughs> watches another Bachelor show after one we just watched. Sure, They've done no. this before with seasons of Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise airing concurrently for like a Trying few to weeks. Kill me. Yeah. It's and just then maybe, not. Maybe, then, then maybe they'll switch it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But I am very curious about this season. And, um, you know, it's interesting that there is still this kind of juice left in the franchise to spin out something like this. I think it's going to be, honestly, hopefully, I think it's going to be a big hit. I think people, whether they have to watch it the next day or whatever, they may not be getting the ratings, but I, I think it's going to be like a cultural kind of zeitgeist type thing where people are talking about this guy and whatever the dates are going to be. I keep in my head fantasizing about like having the the same kind of dates that you have on a traditional bachelor where they force them to play like yeah. tackle football and shit and go bungee or, jumping or like, like atv yeah, yeah. Exactly. like whatever like no one wants to be in an atv <laughs> i think that it's always good when it's different they have to do a moulin rouge dance well, that was still to this day that's my least favorite i feel like maybe ari lewandek is mad at me but he probably has no idea who i am but I thought that was the most embarrassing episode ever. I was like, this is so bad. I'm like, what is happening here? Embarrassing on whose part? Everybody. I was like, this guy, he doesn't really want to do this. Does he? Um, yeah, probably not. But if you go to Paris, it's like you're going to go there. I went to, I visited Paris not that long ago and uh, stood outside the Moulin Rouge and thought to myself. Did you wear a cape? <laughs> I am on hallowed ground. I did not wear a cape, but I, I said a small prayer to everyone who was involved in that group date, including <laughs> the winner of that group date, Becca Martinez. Good. Stole the show. Got to spend that extra time with Ari Landyke. But um, I think that this... This uh, remember how much they shamed her because they were like, "You're not ready to get married." Meanwhile, she's got she's pregnant with her third. Isn't that the, the funniest? That's the best. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's one of the the biggest kind of like uh, rebukes of a too young to be serious <laughs> attack that we've ever yes. seen. It's like, oh, am I too young yeah. to be serious? Immediately after the show, I'm having yeah several children and starting a family. Um, I I am curious with this Golden Bachelor. Do you think that we will see players from the Golden Bachelor winding up on Paradise? How? Next year. Only if they're very young. If it's like a four-year-old. So you're telling me like a fifth like a fifty-eight-year-old widow, like a fifty-eight-year-old widow who participates in the Golden Bachelor is gonna show up at Paradise and wanna make out with a twenty-six-year-old? Uh yeah. I could see a forty-year-old. I don't think so. How old was Bukowski? Who's the oldest Paradise player? Yeah, I think you're probably looking at Bukowski, who was what, thirty-eight? I don't think that they're gonna do that. No, Kenny Brash was forty. I think that oh, they yeah. would do another spinoff called like Divorce Island or Widow okay. Island or something before that they would. I think that that's too much of an age gap. That's like borderline creepy. Yeah, I have. Well, I I, I can't say what information I have about that, but never mind. Oh, <laughs> but okay, I was going to say something that I'm like, like I can't clues discuss anything. Tea seller. Sorry. The, the By the way, clues tea seller is locked tight. Yeah. You probably. Um, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but like, what is Mike Fleiss doing now? Counting his money. He's probably on like on an island, sleeping on a, a bed of cash. <laughs> sleeping on a, right. a bed made of hundred dollar bills. And yeah, I mean, I don't think he gives a shit about any of this anymore. I don't know. He's kind of like persona non grata within the television community as well, because the manner of his, uh, uh, you know, forced leave of Bachelor was amidst all these investigations into improper practices in the workplace mm -hmm. and misogynist and racist things that he said or did. 
So I don't think anybody's like in a hurry to get back in business with him. I think he has generated over the course of his career a reputation for kind of being a bad guy. And uh, The Bachelor was like his most successful thing, obviously. And it was so successful that I think ABC and Warner Brothers kind of had to like bite the bullet and be like, fuck, fine, okay. We got to keep dealing yeah. with this guy because it's making so much money. Now that he's out, I, I just don't think anybody's in a hurry to do business with this guy again. Not that for him, not that that's necessary. He's got, and continues to get more money. Like he will be paid on Golden Bachelor. He will be paid on every season of Bachelor that's ever made, whether he's attached to it or not. Involved or not. Um, yeah. And what about Chris Harrison? Would you think the post Fleiss that he comes back in any way? Uh, not to the franchise, no. But I do mm -hmm. think he will be back on TV at some point, And I do think he will eventually be the governor of Texas. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Yeah. That, yeah, that sounds about right. I We've think been that's predicting coming. that one for a while. It's it's in the works. I'm telling you, he's he's down to do it. Um, mm -hmm. So let me ask you this: We are we're coming to the end basically of this calendar year in the next four months ish, five months ish, and we're going to be seeing Golden Bachelor. We're going to see Bachelor in Paradise. And so, what our uh, franchise has given us over the course of this calendar year was the Zach Shawcross season 27, the Charity mm -hmm. Lawson season 20. Golden Bachelor and whatever this paradise season holds, do you think overall this year is going to have been a better year than last year? I think it's a lot more boring. This year? Mm. More boring than Bachelorette season 19, the dual Bachelorettes, where we got to know nobody except Eric Schwer. And that was after the season when it came out that he did blackface in high school. But at least we were we were like talking about it. I just feel like a lot of, I don't feel like people talk about the Bachelor and Bachelorette as much. I really don't. And I just again feel like there's so much competition out there. I agree. I feel like they whittled it down to the bare like the soup diehard fans feel like they're the only ones yeah. left at this point. So and that sucks because I feel like Charity season is amazing, and I think a lot of people who have fallen off would enjoy it. And it's getting good ratings; like it's crushing the competition. We'll be talking about the ratings later in this podcast, but like that's actually the only couple in the history of the show that I actually believe. Who's that? Like, if she ends up with Charity, if she ends up with the guy, I think she's going to end up with. Like, I actually believe in real life they would work. Interesting. So it's like I feel like no one's watching, and they have to compete with all these other mm. shows that are much edgier. And it's probably at the same time where you have a couple that probably is the most going to be authentically in love hmm. and will work out. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know who she's going to wind up with. I tend to think uh, no relationships in the in the nation or on reality TV generally will work out. I feel like just making that blanket prediction is always good because statistically speaking, I'll be right most of the time. You know what? You make, you just reminded me of like, I remember I interviewed Ryan from Tristan Ryan mm -hmm. and he told mm -hmm. me that it still bothered him that she was in a fantasy date with Charlie. And I thought, you're married, you have two kids, it's been all these years later, and it still bothers you? I, I mean, I guess old Isn't rivalries die hard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is very yeah, he's like It's been a very hard thing for me to still come to terms yeah. with. I just was like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, hmm. And I, I want to ask you one final thing. This is not exactly about the show, but it is about two players in the show. Big news this week. Obviously, we'll be covering it in, in Bachelor Nation news. But what are you, is your take on uh, Caitlin and Jason ending their engagement? I mean, do you really even know people that are on social media? No, but 
I don't know. They didn't seem like they had much in common except for the show. Interesting. So maybe they'll be better off with other people. I feel like that guy will probably get married and have a baby in a year and a half. Okay. Could you see either of them as the lead of a new bachelor or bachelorette? Maybe her. Oh, my God. She, She seems more like... Um, is that one true goat if Caitlin is the bachelorette again? I mean, that's definitely a conversation we're going to have to have. If she can do <laughs> t- a fucking bachelorette season 10 years after her original season. Oh, my God. If I were her agent, I'd be pitching that. Wouldn't you pitch that? Fuck yes. Why not? Fuck yes. That would make people watch because I feel like it's mm-hmm. boring now. That People go back. But they have to have an, a season where like she can be like a normal woman of her age and like go out on dates and do like normal things. And they can't like sex shame her like they did the last time. Mm-hmm. But I think the audience is different now. They'll be like, like be more accepting of that. But And the show, I mean, they had Katie Thurston coming out of a limo with a vibrator. I think a lot is different in terms yeah. of that. I would, if I were her agent, I would pitch that. But I think Jason probably is a guy who would be happy working in a financial service firm, probably marry somebody and have a child soon. Interesting. It's just huh. that they just seem wired differently. Yeah. It came out of nowhere to me. I thought they were actually a really good match because of exactly what you're saying. That she's like the more kind because of creative of one and he's the more nuts and bolts business guy. Yeah. He made such good social media for her dancing with the stars thing. Well, you know, they could end up in the, they might just be better off as friends. Sometimes people like the romance dies, but you have like, are still like yeah. good friends. What if he's her manager in the future? Something like that. Oh, I could see something like that happening. I just feel like he is better. Like, I just don't, I never felt like he totally loved the, I think he's more like a behind the scenes person. If I were a betting person, I'd say they would do quite well if she was the lead, especially if they had like age appropriate people. Who would be your dream to be the next bachelor or bachelorette? I would like to go back in time and get somebody who is in their mid to late thirties mm-hmm. and that we've known and followed their lives. Like I don't know enough about, like I don't care enough about charities mm. throwaways. Like I don't care. I don't mm. really, I'm not invested in them. I think more people will watch the show. If you go back to a season where people were really fired up and loved it and talked about it all the time, you got to go back and do that yeah. to grab that audience again. And you got to make it edgier. This is like so sweet and nice. And I really think she's going to be happy, but like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm falling asleep part of the episodes. Wow. Interesting. Mm. I think this episode has some of the best gameplay and the best Mm. presentation of that gameplay that we've ever seen. This is like one of my favorite Bachelorette seasons, probably of all time. Yeah. And it may just be because of, of, uh, context, you know, coming on the heels of what were arguably the, the three worst years of all time in the franchise in terms of how they presented leads and treated them. and The host and creator fired for racism. <laughs> Why did he tell her that he went on like a boy's trip and, and cheated on the girlfriend? Like, what, no what, what does he get out of that? That was our era of the game, era of the that season, so really. Nuts. I mean, the only thing I can put together is that he wanted out of the show because she even oh, okay, was giving yeah. him an out. She, He's like, but I've, I've learned and I've changed. She's like, great. How did you learn? How did you change? She's basically saying, like holding up a sign that says, just say the word therapy. And he yeah. doesn't yeah. say it. He's like, yeah. I was introspective. I've been thinking a lot more. What? Yeah, no. <laughs> that's yeah. not it. So it seems like he was almost purposely uh, tanking himself to me. I don't know if that's true or not. That that sounds right. Because if he wanted to go on paradise, he there would have been different phrasing. Yes. You're right. It was very open-ended. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, 
that guy is good looking. Like he deserves to be on Bachelor. Like he was very cute. The Fijian wedding. I was like, make him the poster board for Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see if he winds up on Paradise. We'll see what he, what he can do there. I think the the way he played his his exit was kind of like. Not that anybody on Paradise will... Uh, It'll hurt him for Paradise. But nobody will know about it. They've already mm. shot Paradise. No one oh. on Paradise knew what he, anything that he did in this season. They just knew he was on it. Don't you think if he's in a big couple, they'll force them to talk about it? Uh, not on Paradise, no. I don't think so. Hmm. Because again, it's already shot and they won't... There's no way they could have known unless they allowed everybody to watch the season before it aired and... You know, they only did that with Becca Kufrin. No, but they could just have some person come in and be like, I knew so-and-so, you know. Do you like Jesse Palmer for all these shows? Of course. I feel like they should mix it up, though. Mm. There should be a different host for The Mm. Golden Bachelor. Yeah, that is a little hard for me to swallow that they've got this guy who they keep reminding us every time we see him on the screen. He's 44 years old. I get it. Uh, (laughs) How is he going to play kind of a a father figure or any kind of yeah. figure of authority to a guy who's in his seventies. That is yeah. even to the, the players on this season, the ones who are going to be older than him, which I think is going to be all of them. Um, how the hell is he going to do that? How's he going to go into a 65 year old woman's hotel room and, while she's crying about getting dumped and be like, it'll be okay. Yeah, I assure yeah, you it's no going to be very no. strange, I think, but I'm in it for that. Like, I think that'll be a fun component of that season. I think he's an empathetic king and he oh. will pull it off. That might be funny for memes and stuff or TikToks and all of that. Yeah. But yeah, I think I don't like the bachelor, how they have like the same host for everything. Mm. I think that they would, it would be better if they mixed it up. Well, are there any mm. shows that you watch that do that? No, but I, you know, this just, <laughs> I think would work better. I just get yeah. bored. You know, I do like I like Mark D. Wahlberg because yeah. on Temptation Island, because by the way, his wife always goes with him to filming and she's like in the wings. You don't ever see her. Mm-hmm. But he said, like, yeah, she has her opinions about it, too. And they talk about it. He stays the whole time and he has kids that are 35 and 33. So when he's talking to people, he has that insight. Yeah. And he like really tries to get to the, like the meaty answers where I feel like Jesse mm-hmm. Palmer's like, so how are you feeling where Mark is like, okay, but you just acted out that way. Where does that start from? Did somebody else cheat on you? Like what happened? That's what I love about dark Lord Wahlberg is he acts as if he's a therapist. I love (laughs) it. Really digs in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think he's good that way. Um, but yeah, I think they should mix it up. And let me ask you this one final question before we go. Big news. Also, we'll be covering this in Bachelor Nation news. What do you think of the Joyal baby? I love when anybody has a baby. I have five kids. I'm a baby hoarder. I just <laughs> a I, baby I, I hoarder. Lo- I'm always happy when somebody has a baby. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm like, if I were working at that network, like, is there some sort of spinoff show where you? I don't know. There's got to be something there with all these ex bachelor bachelorette people that are like now having kids. There's some, probably something funny, but it's hard to imagine. Him as a dad, just because we know him so much as like this lead. Um, this lead. I know and him like so much. Go- going out on parties yes. and stuff. Like taking his life is a totally shirtless photo about now. every 15 minutes and posting it on yeah. Instagram. He he has very like fuck boy vibes. And that yes. doesn't really cross over into dad vibes very often. <laughs> it's no, called a zaddy. Like, I, you know what? 
He's oh, going to make videos. I told Tom Schwartz to do this years ago, but he didn't listen to me. He should lean into it and do all of these like sexy, like I'm like putting a stroller together, like video, mm. like, like, like mom porn. Yeah. He and his yeah. uh, newborn baby Puring should get a food. matching forearm tattoo. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. But yeah, it's, I mean, I like if somebody's having a baby, I always am happy for them. All right. Fair enough. Okay, Casey, I was just how, do you, how do you keep track of five children? Uh, I'm mean. I'm like a drill mm. sergeant. I'm a benevolent, benevolent dictator. Okay. Mm. That's the only way you can do it. <laughs> Seems hard. <laughs> there you have it. That is the only strategy. I'm not saying I'm killing the game. Like I yeah. definitely scream at them all the time. A lot of stuff doesn't. I, I went to a boarding school for underprivileged kids. So I lived in a student home with 16 girls. So I'm not really rattled by a lot of people in my house because mm. I lived in a house with a lot more people. And um, yeah, I just don't let anybody get away with being a shithead. Yeah. Nice. Good advice yeah. for life generally, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kate Casey, for joining thank us you so for much. this uh, yeah, state of the game. On. Lots been going on. You can check out Reality Life with Kate Casey anywhere you get your podcasts. Any other mm -hmm. stuff to plug? Well, I have uh, every Monday my episode is What to Watch. Um, so uh, I put out a list of what to watch each week and unscripted. So I'll give you about like seven things to watch every week. Documentaries, docuseries, reality shows. And you can get it at katecasey.substack.com. But every Monday's episode goes, okay, these are the things you've got to watch this week. So if you're ever like scrolling through streaming apps or the guide or whatever, I always can give you plenty of things to watch. Thank you so much to Kate Casey for joining us for that state of the game. Has some very interesting insights into everything, including how she raises her children. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past, uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable 
It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off-season. It mm. is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced, King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free <laughs> shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Um. I <laughs> I love her, you know, her her honesty in the way that she describes things. It's she's got a signature style. Absolutely. Uh if you haven't checked out her show, Reality Life with Kate Casey, please go check that out. Give it a listen. She's talking about all kinds of reality shows, not just Bachelor, and is always up on whatever's happening in the Bachelor world. But now, uh speaking of being up on what's happening in the Bachelor world, let's mm-hmm. talk about this week in games. We always talk about the ratings uh, at the beginning of games here. And Charity Lawson is continuing to defy all expectations by turning in the highest rating of the season for this week's Fantasy Suites episode. The Bachelorette scored yes. a 0.56 in the demo, which was up 36% from last week and 2.9 million raw viewers up 17% from last week. And again, this is the biggest raw viewer total of the entire season. And once again, Charity Lawson utterly dominated the under the other Monday night shows, crushing a rerun of The Neighborhood on CBS, a new episode of American Ninja Warrior on NBC, a new episode of Stars on Mars on Fox, which pulled, by the way, a point one, and a new episode of Son of a Critch on CW, which also pulled a point one in the demo. Again, we say this every week, but it is no uh, less true. Network TV may be dying, but this season of The Bachelorette is standing on top of the bodies as they're gasping for air. <laughs> we say that every week. Huh? Yeah, we do. But uh, I went back. I and, mean, we talk about the decline. I would say yeah. the dying bodies less so. I, I think it's mostly a toilet metaphor that we've oh. gone with. But charity, I mean, to beat your season opener, 
in itself is so hard to do. Maybe yeah. you do that in a finale, maybe, but it's all about word of mouth, I feel like. I think it's word of mouth, and I think it is um, moving back to the regular time slot, regular I think has been slot. helpful. But just in in context, Bachelor at 19, which was Gabby Windy and Rachel Recchi's dual Bachelorette season, which, you know, feel however you want to feel about it. I know how I feel about it. Not great. They were pulling in point seven and higher during that season. And that was only one mm-hmm. season ago. Now we're looking at a point five six, And again, that seems like a decline because it is a rather large one. Nonetheless, this episode pulled a point five six. The next closest thing on TV that night was a point three. So even though the prior season of Bachelorette has higher ratings, this overall decline of network TV uh, is showing us that these numbers are going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Within two or three years, I think you're looking at a point two winning the night. A zero. Yes. Because <laughs> no one's watching network TV. I just, I mean, obviously the streaming numbers have to be higher than this. But it just does not seem justifiable to buy TV ads with this. Why would you not spend the money on social media where people are getting more views than this all the time? This is my take on it, my theory, which I think is 100% accurate. It's because Mm -hmm. there is a system in place that involves brands, ad agencies, and the people who buy TV ad space for those brands and ad agencies, and then the network TV people who sell that ad space. That system Mm -hmm. has been in place since 1950, and it ain't going nowhere because the people who are at the top of those systems making millions of dollars a year as creative directors at big ad agencies or uh, brand managers for Nike and Pennzoil and fucking Crest and whatever giant brands and the people who work at the networks that are selling the shit, all of them Mm want to keep making their millions of dollars a year. So they're just going to pretend like this isn't happening. That's what they've been doing for a decade. They're going to continue to do that until literally somebody turns the fucking lights off in their office. Like... (laughs) It's just going to keep happening. I don't understand it. You know, I think we need to get we need to get someone who's an expert in this to come on and explain it to us. <laughs> Cuz I'm like I would be happy. I would be happy to talk to anybody who's going to do that, but I think it's like also a dirty dark secret. Not it's not even a secret. Yeah. It's like an open secret. I don't think they want to voice it. But I'm like why it just doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't they just I mean, you can still have the ad agency, but they broker deals with social media people instead. Right. But then what are the people going to do who work on the TV buying side? That job has to stay there if they want to mm-hmm. make those amounts of money. And they're all friends with the right. other people they've been buying ads from for however many decades of shit. It's just a bloated system that is pretending like it's not dead. And I think they are going to continue pretending that it's not dead until like we're all looking at the dead body. Not to keep using the metaphor of of the dead bodies, but that's what we got here. That's what we got Uh, here. Anyway, maybe we move our beloved game to streaming and we can solve both problems. Possibly. Um, Kate Casey's problem with uh, it being too tame and the network TV problem. We were pulling on Bad Judge 1.7 and 1.8. By today's standards, that is the biggest show on television by a lot. Yeah. And that show got canceled after one season. So R.I.P. BJ. Exactly. Uh, Nonetheless, congratulations to Charity Lawson on 
what is effectively something I never thought we would see happen. She is yes. dominating the ratings. Um, even though I feel like this season is one that a lot of people have have checked out of, unfortunately. Um, the people who are watching it are fucking watching it in, in decent numbers. Better than than I thought was going to be for this season, for sure. Yeah, all all of my expectations have been blown away for this season. I agree. For what it's worth. Even if it's only the core, very core Boucher audience who is still hanging on. Yeah. And now let's talk about, speaking of hanging on, let's talk about <laughs> those uh, social media oh, crown gains. God. Charity, our beloved Bachelorette, gained 8K this week for a total of 157K Instagram followers and 600 on TikTok for a total of 21.9K TikTok followers. Does she break 200K? I say yes, because I think she is going to get engaged to somebody, and that usually gives you a pretty big bump. God, I don't know, though. It's like she made 8K on Fantasy Suites. I don't... You know, let's say that she puts on 10K next week. What's the total? Yeah, 20K by the end of the season, 30K. I don't know. Get her some Dancing with the Stars or something. Get her up there. I'm going to say she'll gain 200K. Okay. I think she will. I think she'll break it. Come on. I want to be optimistic, but I'll take the under just to play devil's advocate. <laughs> I want to be optimistic, but I'll take the dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, look, that's entropy. We all move to death. Oh Let's God. talk about um, the rest of these gains here. We're talking about the players now, Speaking not just charity. Uh, <laughs> I player. Uh, Joey Grazia Day gained 5.9K for a total of 52.3K. He's in first place this week. For TRR, finalist Dotton gained 5.6K for a total of 27.1K. Wait, what is this? PPPPPPPP gained 700 for a total of 15.1K? How is this possible? 700? A, a, I don't know. Did he make a play? Yeah. How did he gain 700? But also the, a gain of 700 followers is in the top five. This is insane. <sighs> these are these are toilet numbers. <laughs> Gotta be real. Aaron Bryant gained 690 for a total of 9.7K in fourth. A fucking resurrection. Late season resurrection gets you 690 followers. And uh, in fifth place is... Xavier Bonner, the unforced error infidelity player who gained 600 followers for a total of 12.7K. This is fucking, this is hard to read. Yeah. It's hard for me to accept that this is the reality I'm currently living in. It hurts. If any... uh, I was looking at uh, Abigail Herringer and she's like in the 700K club. I know. And that's not that that long ago. Not that long ago, yeah. I don't get it exactly, but if any uh, overlords of reality are listening to me, please pull me out of this reality. Put me in another one that's exactly like this one, except all of these players are getting gains. And Charity has a million. Yeah, at least. Now for the top five Instagram chart total, Joey Grazia Day takes that top spot with 52.3K. Dalton remains in second place with 27.1K. Tanner Cordad is in third with 18.3K. <laughs> How and why, I have no idea. If you remember him. Yeah, John B., if you remember him, we were predicting very early on that he may be the first Asian bachelor. I don't know if that's going to happen now, but he is in fourth place with 16K. 
And PP rounds out the top five with 15.1K followers. Stayed in that conversation all season. Absolutely unreal. And now we're going to look at the top five TikTok chart, and you're going to see him again. But at first place is the (laughs) Jump King, Christopher Spell, with 173.8K. PP, 31.2K in second. Caleb Bulgard, who had some uh, interesting photos surface. Uh, you can find those deep in the forums. If you know what I'm talking about, then you know. Look them up if you don't, if you have interest. He's in third place with 21.6K. Khalid Hassan, night one guy, 6.6K in fourth place. And Sean McLaughlin rounds out the top five with 1.5K followers. He was, of course, the uh, kind of tattle villain who who had a knock-knock dismissal in a late round of the regular season. These numbers are disheartening, heartbreaking, sad, dead bodies, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. It's hard to even justify uh, as a category in our program at this point. I mean, it really is. When you're you're looking at gains that are like, we're reporting on somebody gaining 600 followers in a mm-hmm. week where they had a fantasy sweet date. I'm talking about Xavier at this point. Had a fantasy sweet date and went out in a fucking crazy blaze of glory. Elon Musk, you want to talk about blaze your glory? You need to be getting X Xavier Bonner as the spokesperson for X. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Did a lot there. Hope no. you followed me. Okay. <laughs> Did you not see Twitter's new, not Twitter, sorry, X? Uh, he released their new oh. slogan, Blaze Your Glory. Oh, no. Yeah. That's the official. Blaze Your X Glory? Slogan. Correct. Like Brit Blades of Glory? I think like he's taking this thing down in a blaze of glory. I think it is an open troll message. Hmm. Anyway. Pass. Uh, <laughs> okay. So that rounds out all the gains, if you can even call them that. Sad to see this too, because we're seeing a lot of good play this season. But um, yeah. hopefully these numbers will tick up next season or with Golden Bachelor or with BIP. There's a lot of year left for our beloved game and a lot of new products coming out that we'll be covering. Gary's been threading. Yeah, Gary's on there. Trying to figure it out. But now let's move on to that portion of our program where we talk about all those tids that are fit to print. This is Bachelor Nation News. Up first in Bachelor Nation News, some sad news. We discussed this with Kate Casey to some degree. One of the highest profile relationships in the nation has ended. This week, Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tardick have announced via Instagram that they decided to end their engagement. In a post shared on both of their main grids with an image of them together as a couple, they wrote, After sharing the news with family and close friends first and taking the time to properly process it ourselves, we are saddened with heavy hearts to share that we have decided to end our engagement. We are thankful for all of you who gave us the time and space to process this life-altering decision as there are many emotions and changes to navigate. Our dogs, Raman and Pino, will continue to be cared for together as brothers. While their humans are no longer romantically involved, we will love and take care of them together. Continuing our friendship is incredibly important for both of us. We feel grateful to be ending our engagement with love and respect for each other. It's heartbreaking and sad to say goodbye, but our care and admiration for one another will never die. We are beyond thankful for the memories made together and for your support of us and the boys throughout the years. Moving forward, we will always have that level of support for each other. We don't know what the future holds, so please try to hold space for us in your hearts, Caitlin and Jason. Shortly after announcing the end of her engagement, Bristow revealed that she is taking a social media break. Bristow was a rookie on the uh, Bachelor season 19 back in 2015 
where she went out in third place to become the bachelorette for season 11. She got engaged to uh, front runner and ring winner Sean Booth, but the pair split in 2018 after three years of dating. Tardik, meanwhile, turned in an outstanding rookie season on Becca Kufrin's season 14 of The Bachelorette in 2018, also finishing in third place. Bristow and Tardik first met in 2018 during a taping of her Off the Vine podcast and began began dating in early 2019. They announced in May 2019 that they were moving in together and got engaged in May 2021 after two years of dating. This is hard news to report, but we wish them both well as they continue to get through what is undoubtedly a very difficult time. Indeed. Very sad to hear this news. We wish them both well, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're curious to see what happens to both of them in the future. We will be covering it as it does. I would love to see either of them as lead, though. Yes, a Caitlin Bristow Bachelorette season would be absolutely insane. I, I mean, that mm-hmm. would be one of the most watched seasons. She has 1.9 million followers just on the brink of the 2 million club. Producers, if you're listening, it needs to be done. This should be priority number one. It needs to be done. Producers, it needs to be done. <laughs> In happier news, the great one hath sired. This week, Nick Vial and his fiance Natalie Joy, announced that they are expecting their first child. In Instagram posts on Tuesday, the couple posted maternity photos and a sonogram along with the caption, our biggest dream came true. Vial took the opportunity to remind the nation that even though he might be transitioning into fatherhood, he still likes to play games of psychological manipulation. On this Thursday's episode of Vial Files, the great one said, we already know the gender. We're not revealing that yet. We have told some friends, but I've told some friends the wrong gender. Sometimes you have to weed out the moles. So every once in a while, I'll just like get to know who you can trust and who you don't trust. Joy joined. What the fuck? I know. I know. I know. I am announcing that I'm about to be a father. This is a perfect opportunity to find out which of my friends I can and can't trust. Can't you only do that with one person? Otherwise, how are you going to know who it was? Exactly. It makes no sense, and it's fucking crazy. Uh, Joy joined (laughs) Viao on this week's episode to discuss her pregnancy, bringing her and the great one closer together as a couple as well as their plans to have their progeny be part of their wedding, saying, we definitely tossed around a lot of ideas about the ceremony, but I didn't want to feel rushed and move it up. And then I have some pretty sick family members, and I didn't want to risk pushing it back. So we kind of just kept that, and we're like, we'll just have a baby at our wedding. We'll then go on a honeymoon and have a baby. We'll be bringing along my mom or a nanny. That means like the baby will already be born? I think so. Okay. The great one gave some final insights into his possible parenting style as well, saying, I just don't want to have a spoiled kid. I want to be able to give my kid the things I can. And obviously I want to spoil them with love and things like that. But I appreciate the work ethic that I got from my parents. I want them to value the things that they want to work toward. I want them to value their stuff. Then you start making different choices once you work toward something. We are anxiously awaiting evidence of the Vial work ethic. If the couple should decide to start a fetus Instagram page, congrats to the great one and Natalie Joy on their contribution to the next generation of our nation. I mean, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is what we've been waiting for. It's not what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for her to dump him and play in our game. And now it yeah, seems like at the very least, that's going to be a couple years off, which is fine because I think she will be 
prime playing age in about five more years. Package deal crown? Yes, possibly. I could see it still. New Emily Maynard? Yeah. In other relationship milestones from within the nation, BIP All-Stars young Noah Erb and Abigail Herringer are engaged. The couple announced their betrothal on Instagram this Wednesday. Facial hair strategist Herb popped the question at a beachfront home in La Jolla, San Diego on Tuesday evening. People Magazine reports that the residence was, in quotes, decorated with red and pink roses and rose petals overlooking the beach, and friends were on hand to celebrate the special milestone. One time... Bennett Jordan rivalry player Herb proposed to Bachelor Season 25 FIMP recipient Herringer in the traditional bended knee posture and presented her with a four-carat oval-shaped engagement ring uh, with a hidden halo from Kazar Jewelry. The pair got engaged while on vacation in crew country, San Diego. Herb said, I called her parents a couple days before to fill them in on my plans, and Thomas Jacobs helped me with the arrangements and get everything set up. The proposal was perfect and everything I wanted to incorporate to make it special and ours. Herringer didn't suspect anything. Following the change of plans, Herb said she thought I was playing pickleball with Thomas and was inviting her and Becca Kufrin to join us for a sunset at his friend's house. She had no clue the engagement was happening until we walked up the stairs to the rooftop and saw the roses and candles overlooking the ocean. The couple met on Bachelor in Paradise Season 7, which premiered in August 2021. Though the pair were voted most likely to live happily ever after during the show's prom night, producers forced them into a breakup narrative before the show's fantasy suites and each left Mexico single. After the finale aired, they revealed they were back together. They plan to move to Oklahoma very soon to be closer to Herb's family. Congrats to young Noah Herb and Abigail Herringer, on becoming the next successful couple from paradise, despite what the producers would have us believe. I was very excited about this. Absolutely. It just is one of those other couples now. We've got young Noah Herb and Abigail Hanger. They are engaged. We've got mm-hmm. uh, Piper James Coof. and Brennan Marias are still together. We've got mm-hmm. Chris Connor and Alana Milne still together from that season. These are all couples that the show forced into some kind of a breakup, bad narrative, fuck you, kick you off the beach. And Kufrin and Jacobs. Oh, no, they had to break up too, right? They had to break up too, yeah. Unbelievable. It just goes to show you how, at least in that season of Bachelor in Paradise, how absolutely terrible the producers were. How stupid they were for being like, you guys all have to break up. It's like, no, embrace these fucking couples. They're all still together. But because they had to break up, they're like persona non grata within the nation. And I think, too... I'm not I'm not saying that this is potentially exactly true, but I think a little bit of it is that one of the reasons they kind of didn't want Kufrin to host happy hour was like they can't absorb her as like a real couple because they had the narrative of her and Big Body breaking up. And so if that narrative is wrong, mm. it means the show was wrong, which they can't have, obviously. I think they'll count those couples, though. I mean, they brought Jason and Molly back at a certain point. But that was a bad. I feel like that's kind of a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And Kufrin is in. I mean, at this point, I don't think they're ever going to talk to them again about anything because no. it was the happy hour thing was so poorly mishandled, and the the bachelor live on stage was so poorly mishandled. They really just. I, I have felt bad for a lot of players, crowns especially, who have come through the system and been treated like shit. 
Becca Kufrin's like at the top of the list for me. I feel mm-hmm. so fucking bad for how they treated her, how they just dismissed everything that she had given to this game, the amount of her yeah. life that she put into this fucking game. While she's pregnant with a bachelor baby. Exactly. Just complete disrespect. Anyway, uh, rounding out Bachelor Nation news, we have a quick update on the formation of a, of a possible reality TV performers union. The LA Times is reporting that the Screen Actors Guild has engaged in discussions with Bethany Frankel and her lawyers to help in any way they can to uh, facil- facilitate better treatment for reality performers, especially where residuals are concerned. So an actual union, uh, one that is currently on strike now, we're talking about Screen Actors Guild here, SAG, has joined this conversation. This shit is picking up steam. This is crazy. Finally. I know. We've been talking about it for so long, I feel like. Yeah. Well, also now think about this. Think about if if SAG absorbs reality performers, let's say that they get a new charter and th- you're now part of it now. Uh, anybody who's on a reality TV show is part of SAG. If that happens. Wait, me? What are you talking about? <laughs> I thought you were saying me. I was in the audience. No, I mean, if you're contracted to be like a player in Bachelor or a Crown or a lead mm-hmm. or you're on Love is Blind or whatever, you would now be part of SAG or covered by SAG. Does that mm-hmm. then mean that at the SAG Awards every year, will there now be reality categories at the SAG Awards? How fucking crazy would that be? I mean, I've never seen the SAG Awards, so I feel like it wouldn't impact me very much. But yes, I think it would mean that. The, the SAG Awards are like the... They're really like, this is about thespians. You know, this is like Uh, actors voting on who deliver the best performance in movies and TV and and whatever. It's very like, actors for actors. And it's different from who wins like Emmys and Oscars? Uh, Not not exactly. I mean, it can be a little bit different, but all the award shows have roughly the same movies and performances nominated, you know, here and there. But reality TV has been like... Look, I would love to see that incorporated. I think Bethany Frankel does deserve an Oscar. Um, well, it would be a Screen Actors Guild Award. But I am saying that <laughs> reality TV has, at least in terms Still. of like awards and prestige, has largely been relegated to like the People's Choice Awards and, and MTV mm-hmm. Awards. These kind of more frivolous, like popcorn-y... It's just fun entertainment type shit. Nobody takes reality TV seriously except the people who are making fucking billions of dollars off of it. But if something like this happens where a Screen Actors Guild steps in and is like, we're now going to fucking make sure all the the reality people get certain minimums guaranteed in their contracts and all this kind of stuff, maybe it does lend it some credibility and we start to see like real uh, awards being given, real recognition going to the people who are making this media that is, as we've said since we started this podcast, I believe the most fundamental media being made in America is reality television. I could not agree more. It's, uh, you know, my favorite sport. I'm obsessed with it. I think Kate Casey might be the only one who watch who watches more than me. I wrote <laughs> Bethany Frankel into yeah. a Good Place episode, though. Yeah, nice. Uh, where she said, where one of the characters was saying that her favorite philosopher, his favorite philosopher was Bethany Frankel. <laughs> I wanted it to be Kant. It ended up being philosopher, mm-hmm. but she then retweeted it. And I was like, I have nothing left to live for. Like, this is the greatest moment of my life. That's a pretty good fucking moment. <laughs> she, she made Real Housewives of New York for me. Well, I mean, she's obviously one of the biggest reality stars in the history of fucking reality television. And mm-hmm. uh, to have her weight being thrown behind this, I think is like what's making it happen. Uh, yeah. Period. That's what makes it feel real. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 
Well, it's not only what makes it feel real. It's what like gets these fucking meetings to happen. She's got two mm-hmm. just fucking juggernaut entertainment attorneys. And now the Screen Actors Guild is like, yep, let's have this conversation. There have been other stutter steps toward this. And I think what the guys from Love is Blind are doing is fucking great. But I don't think they got the fucking juice that Bethany Frankel has. No. Yeah. You don't want to go up against her either. <laughs> She'll mention it all. Go to sleep. What? Sorry, I'm just yelling. I'm just yelling her catchphrases. Okay. Uh, fantastic. Uh, now you'll have to pay her residuals for that if this deal goes through with SAG. Shit. So uh, anyway, let's move on. Those are all the the news pieces we got for you this week. We're going to move on now to that portion of our program where we're talking about all those plays that our favorite players are making off the field. This is... The Parasocial Play, 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 Play of the Week. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... um three-body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus... You get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. It was a week of Swifty parasocial plays in honor of Taylor Swift's Eras Tour, which I'm still convinced I will somehow go to. <laughs> in full, Swift taught Tropical Royale Becca Kufrin joked with the fourth audience that labor might be coming during Taylor Swift's performance via Instagram story. She wrote, update, we've been stuck in traffic for 3.5 hours, one mile to go, and have yet to be able to go to the bathroom. Water might break at SoFi during Taylor's opener. As far as we know, Swift did not conjure the big body baby via musical manifestation, but we will keep you posted. And free spirit crown, Katie Thurston is back from filming F-Boy Island and posted a selfie with her creature Tommy, Bachelor producer Bill Dixon, and the one true architect Elon Gale this week. The caption read, spoiler alert, These three are F-boys, red flag emoji. Such an honor and privilege to work with the creative masterminds, Bill Dixon and Elon Gale on at F-boy Island, uh, palm tree emoji. This has been my most exciting adventure yet, and I can't wait for you all to see the comedy and satire that is reality TV. I promise you won't want to miss this. We're already so excited about this joint venture between one of the greatest parasocial crowns and the architect in the F-boy game. Uh, format, but seeing this post makes the play all that more real. We don't have an air date yet, but it will be on this fall on the CW, and I'm sure we're going to be covering it to some degree. Is Tommy going to be on this show? It seems like it. Yeah, I, I assume, yeah. This is amazing. All of the leads should be able to bring their pets with them. Skydiving fall and season 25 survivor Rachel Kirkconnell and her paramour, the former crown Matt James, made a joint TikTok on Kirkconnell's page this week, showing more chemistry between them than the entirety of season 25. Kirkconnell explains via direct face-to-cam video the difference between saying, love you too, and I love you too, in response to a partner's love level four. 
The duo garnered 36K likes and 591K views. And of course, we got to talk about the great one. Natalie Joy and Nick Vial issued a joint Instagram post revealing their pregnancy news via serious black and white photos of the couple and the sonogram. The caption reads, our biggest dream came true, heart emoji. This play received 205.9K likes and 3K comments. We wish a huge congratulations to the couple on their new life adventure and on this parasocial engagement. All of these were strong plays. However, there can be only one winner. One of the only players to get big numbers during a COVID season, Abigail Herringer, and the young Noah Erb made a joint Instagram post announcing their engagement with six images of the pair in our parasocial play of the week. It's a romantic beachfront setting. They're surrounded by rose petals, and the caption reads, I've, I've loved you three summers now, honey, and I want them all. White heart emoji. This post utilized the number one player in the zeitgeist right now, Taylor Swift, and her song Lover's Lyrics to succinctly capture the power of this parasocial moment and raked in an astounding 467K likes and 7K comments. And uh, this couple wasn't done there. They capitalized on this parasocial momentum to take home another award the parasocial creature of the week, if you can believe this. Abigail and Noah adopted Macchiato, a.k.a. Maki, who made his debut in a joint Instagram post from the pair earlier this week. The 10-slide main grid post raked in 95.8K likes and 1,228 comments. All 10 slides are adorable photos and videos of Maki, along with a caption that explains how he was adopted and how he's gearing up for the 22-hour drive ahead of him from San Diego to Oklahoma that's going to take place very soon. This is one of the cutest fucking dogs I've ever seen. Go check out Macchiato on uh, Young Noah Herb's Instagram right now. Oh, my God. He is so cute. Where's his separate page? I don't know if they've made it yet. I think they literally just adopted him like this week. I think it was kind of a surprise adoption thing. They'll start filling their album with photos. Yeah, they'll realize... Well, exactly. They're like, wait a minute. It's clouding our, our main Instagram feed. We need to make one for himself. But uh, we wish them all the luck as they move to this next phase of their life with their, their new fur baby. But that is all of the parasocial plays. Now is that time in the program when Pace Case and I <laughs> descend deep into the dark waters of the pit below to issue forth our screams about how our fandom of the show. Which voice? Thank you has radically altered our lives. This is... Screams from the Pit! My scream is a Love Island Bachelor crossover event. Mm. I don't know if it's an addiction to television because it's not interfering with my job. It is my job. But um, I... (laughs) You're, (laughs) You're like... That's the definition of it. So you're like, listen, I don't have an addiction to heroin. I do a podcast about taking heroin. So it's fine. It's fine. I have to do it to do the podcast. It's fine. She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. Uh, well, I was just thinking in, ter- in terms of like what, what makes it bad. Yeah. But- I watched, you know, all of UK. I finished that UK season and I was feeling like I needed some more. And so I immediately started Love Island USA. Nice. And I 
don't know if you have seen it. Probably not. I have not. Uh, <laughs> but the first scene of this season begins with Wells Adams Paramore, Sarah Highland. She is the host of Love Island USA now. And she performs this intro sequence to this season, which she is stumbling down the beach, dragging a suitcase. She then pretends like she's basically cast away in Fiji and she like names a melon or something and is in like a little hut. And then it is revealed that she's in front of the mansion the whole time and the mansion is open. It did not work for me. And I just kept thinking, I was like, I feel like whoever was responsible for Sally's suitcase informed on this sketch. It's, it is nonsensical. It's an old reference. It is, it doesn't work for me and it doesn't utilize Sarah Hyland's skills. I would say, I think they could have gone in a different direction um, with this sketch. And, and it also made me a little bit mad for her because mm. I was like, usually the host of love Island is glamorized as like, Oh my God, yeah. Maya Jama coming in the goddess. Who's like all powerful. Mm. And like, yes, yeah, she has like a, a more of a comedy base. So it makes sense that they would include some comedy for her, but this was a miss for me. And also my scream. Cause yeah, I just spent a long time thinking about this. <laughs> if I may, if I may paint a picture of a possibility. Mm-hmm. Sarah Island shows up. It's the a production meeting or an early creative meeting for what they're going to do on this season. You're going to be the host. And she's got somebody with mm-hmm. her, of course. She's not coming alone. Uh, that person's yeah. it's her husband, Wells Adams. Mm-hmm. You think he was on set? Yeah, I think he was on set and he was like, oh, look, I, I know you guys have, you have some ideas. <laughs> For what you want to do on this show and everything, but I do Bachelor in Paradise. I don't know if you know this, but I'm pretty high ranking on Bachelor, and I have some ideas too. So maybe we do it like this. You saw the Sally suitcase sketch, right? Well, that was my idea. Let me give you an idea for what you could do on this season. That's my Wells. Population two. I'm already with you. Yeah, I think this is all Wells' idea, and they just ran uh-huh. with it because he threw around his Bachelor weight. I look it. It had a lot of overlapping elements and. Yeah. And I was thinking he was somehow involved in this. He gave his pep talk to all the the producers. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Wells doing a pep talk to the Love Island people? Look, I this is what I tell people on Bachelor too. Don't be fucking boring, and maybe you'll get on the show. Um. Anyway, sorry, couldn't be helped. Um. I love the scream. Couldn't be helped. Couldn't be helped. Anytime we can talk about Sarah Hyland, Wells Adams, I'm in. Um. This mm-hmm. this is my scream this week. Now, as you know, I am yoked. I am gassed. I am musk. I am basque. I'm none of these things. But I'm looking to become all of them. But you're very mask. Very what? I mean musk. (laughs) Very mask. (laughs) You know, when I first got my fucking face sliced up in service of this cancer, I for real, Uh there was like probably a month-long period where I was like, I'm going to have to wear a fucking Phantom of the Opera mask. Like, period. I'm not going to be able to be seen by humans without. And you saw that as a bad thing. No, I, th- I liked it. I saw it as a good thing. Okay. Because you did show me something before. Oh, this. <laughs> my little visor thing. That's just to keep the sun on. Uh-huh. At any rate, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing here. Yeah. No, you're beautiful. Uh, thank you. 
I'm always looking to be in better physical condition, especially as I age, especially as Mm -hmm. the Grim Reaper, the knock on my front door is getting louder and louder. I Mm -hmm. try to stave that off by being in as good of shape as I can be. And I have finally made a decision. That decision is to hire a personal trainer. I'm doing some physical Uh therapy right now for about another month on my shoulder, which has been decimated Uh by years of just wear and tear playing adult league baseball. (laughs) Yeah. So too much of an athlete. You needed to rein yourself back and do like swimming. Exactly. I definitely played way longer than I should have uh, with no real like stretching or anything. I would just show up hungover on a Sunday at 10 a.m. be like, oh, you need me to throw 150 pitches as hard as I fucking can. Sure, I'll do it. You were the pitcher? Uh, Yeah, I I played shortstop and pitcher for our team primarily. I am now looking to seek outside help. I've done my own workout routines for a long time. I've decided, fuck it, after this physical therapy is over, I'm going to keep in the habit of like going somewhere and having a person tell me what to do and all of this. An expert. Basically. And I have further made the decision that this person will be from Bachelor Nation. So I'm currently now (laughs) looking for... And uh, what is making that decision? (laughs) It was just like, if I'm going to hire a personal trainer, why wouldn't it be somebody from Bachelor A? Uh Uh-huh. Like, I'm always curious about that type of a thing. And maybe it'll lead to interesting conversations with that person about whatever. So you're putting the call out I'm not putting out a call. I'm doing my research. There are a few players who are residing in Los Angeles that are currently... I feel like there's many players. Personal trainers, exactly. I'm kind of picking which one might be, I think, the best fit. And so uh, I'll keep you updated. But my scream is, in an effort to become more physically fit, I am uh, digging back into the nation to find Mm -hmm. somebody who can help me do it. And I never thought that would have been the case. Is your first call Ellerby? I don't think so. I think it may be Ben Smith. We'll see. We'll find Mm. out. Train him. You, you, he trains you mm-hmm. to have mobility. You train him, get back in the game. Yeah. If you can get my shoulder working again, I'll get you back in the game. I'll turn you into the next bachelor. I don't know if that's possible. I feel like he was in the conversation for a minute. He for sure was. I think paper was on the table. Ooh. I know. So those are our screams. Now we do another scream. If you've listened to this program before, Good screams for both of us. Oh, thank you. Uh, if you listen to this program before, you know that we play screams from other uh, dwellers of the pit. Today, our scream comes to us from a user named Jen Neal. We're going to play it. It also has a picture that comes with it. And if you want to submit your screams to this program, you just go to patreon.com slash game of roses. Join us on the bottom of the pit. Get access to our discord. Fire off a one minute or under audio clip of your scream. We play the best ones here. This is That Scream from Jen Neal. Here we go. Hi, Pitt. I became a pit dweller starting with the goat, Caitlin Bristow. But my husband has never been more than a casual, occasional viewer. Since we moved to Carborough six years ago, I've made a weekly pilgrimage to watch our beloved game at a friend's house. But as this season was airing at the horribly late hour of 9 p.m., I've been watching at home the next day instead. During the premiere, my ring winner seemed to be checked out till he let out a shriek of, That's our gym. Sure enough, Xavier's intro package pull-up was filmed in the weight room at our gym. We headed straight there to photograph ourselves in the presence of greatness. As my husband both noticed the location and enthusiastically participated in the pictures, I think I've dragged him into the pit. We're also now complete messes at the gym, spending all our time and energy looking around to see if Xavier's there. 
I even changed my spot at the group fitness class I frequent so I can see out in the hallway in hopes of catching a glimpse of the greatest player the Carolina cohort has ever seen. Working out will never be the same. Praise be, Dark Lord Palmer. Well, congratulations. Sounds like you dragged him in. (laughs) Praise be in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations on the... The dragging of your ring winner into the pit. And we we have these photos. I assume we're going to be putting these photos up on Instagram so that you can take a look as well. And indeed, uh, this is two pit dwellers standing in the exact same position and pose as Xavier in this gym. Congratulations on uh, sharing a workout space with what is ultimately, I think, the biggest Mm -hmm. error player of the season. But certainly up to this point, he was playing a fantastic season. So uh, you're in good company. But I love this scream. As you know, I myself am about to embark on a fitness journey with an ex-player. I think whatever can get you into a consistent workout routine, great. (laughs) Uh, This, I mean, I'm worried for them because I'm like, did they just film it at this gym? Is this not his regular gym? I don't know. Maybe he's out of town shooting mental and he'll be back but this is such a good scream god it's so such a minutiae it's absolutely fantastic um thank you so much for sending it in and again if anybody else out there wants to send in your scream have us talk about it right here you just go to patreon.com slash game roses get in that pit fire it off on the discord in the screams channel dark seeker goes through a mall and presents the best ones for us here by the way clues I thought your scream this week was going to be the haunting images that you created (laughs) that I keep looking at because I don't understand how they make me feel. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're still in that thing. I I made, for those who haven't seen or or maybe don't know what Lizzie's talking about, on my Instagram, after we got the uh, earth-shattering news. And the Patreon. There's some on the Patreon as well. But after we got the earth-shattering news that Vial was um, and, and Joy were with child... I made a bunch of AI images that imagine what a vile fatherhood might look like. I posted some of them, some of the ones that uh, can be posted without sending you into night terrors. I posted those on Instagram. The ones that will give you night terrors, I posted on Patreon. So if you want to see some of the misfires, those are on Patreon. Those are the ones I am, specifically the second one in which there is a smut. (laughs) kind of gremlin-esque child on the back with like blonde hair, but it's but it's the full adult face. Yeah. It's really um it's really funny and scary. Yeah, AI isn't quite there yet. There's definitely an uncanny valley issue happening, but mm. with the release of OpenAI's Dolly 3 model, which I believe is going to be in the next three to four months, Uncanny Valley is going to be cross. Also text and images that will be like if you want anything on a t-shirt or or anything a billboard it will be there and it will be exactly perfect right now ai has a big problem with like if you say you know give me i want a picture of somebody holding up a sign that says happy birthday you ain't getting that ever (laughs) like it's never gonna say happy birthday it'll be all kinds of weird gibberish words and shit that may look a little like happy birthday but within the next three or four months all that's going to get ironed out as well and i expect to be using it to up my ai meme game also well they're already just i mean gorgeous gorgeous pieces i'm i'm so impressed thank you very much um and thank you to everybody who joined us for this week in bachelor nation we hope you have a great weekend we'll be back uh monday of course 
with our recap of what is going to be the the last portion, the rose ceremony of Fantasy Suites, followed by the Mentel All. We're expecting big things, or at least I am, out of Braden Bowers. I think he's going to dominate this Mentel All in his black on black on black, black earrings. I fucking love it. Just fully embracing villainy. Um, looking very forward to that. But thanks again for joining us. And before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It's been 7,809 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 